the whole baby baby Billy, I can't even say it. Baby Billy's Bible bonkers. Genius. Oh my gosh. Did you know they're sitting around the writer's room that's going on? How about this? How about we just take the family feud and just change the name and, and make it about baby Billy and Bibles? And and then you knew as soon as they mentioned it, like you knew, like they're gonna be on that show and they're gonna suck. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know the Bible. I mean, they're again they're they're shysters, they don't know what's going on. So that whole that thing that and then in the, in the end when they actually you got to see the set and the dancers and all that stuff that was just wonderful welcome back to knowledge brews supreme the show that percolates your creativity and it is i your host dr john chancy and i am back and better than ever but before we begin today's episode, here's a quick ad from show sponsor, Sleeves Sold Separately. Greetings. This is Dr. John Chansey, host of Knowledge Brew Supreme. And I'm here to tell you about one of my favorite products in the fitness game, our new show sponsor, Sleeves Sold Separately. Sleeves Sold Separately is a brand of athleisure clothing for men who train hard and also want to look good while doing so. The clothes that these wonderful folks make are an absolute game changer. Their products are designed and manufactured in the United States, out in Los Angeles, and they are shipped directly to your home. Sleeve Sold Separately offers a wide variety of athleisure clothing, such as the Wife Lover tank top, their classic sleeveless hoodie, their Lungeman shorts that come in both four and six inch seams, and so much more. My personal favorite from Sleeves Sold Separately is their take on the classic jogger bottoms, except theirs is called the Sprinter. Sprinters come in several colors, and even before they were a show sponsor of Knowledge Brew Supreme, I bought multiple pairs in black. I've got a gray pair, a teal pair of the Sprinters, and I wear these daily. Uh, so please check them out. Visit their website at sleevesoldseparately.com. My listeners of Knowledge Brew Supreme can get 15% off your order from Sleeve Sold Separately using the promo code KNOWLEDGE15. That's all one word, KNOWLEDGE15. So please check out Sleeve Sold Separately, use the promo code, and thank me later. Take care. Bye. My guest for today's episode is the one and only Mike Raymer, a.k.a. Mr. Five-Timer himself. Now Ooh. I can change that. I know, I got to change it. Mr. Six-Timer now. Uh, Six-time guest on Knowledge Brew Supreme. Uh, for those, you know, if you're unfamiliar, Mike's been on the podcast before. He has a wonderful podcast himself called Former Students with Mike, or Mike Raymer. Uh, he's got some wonderful books on economics involving his cats. Uh, we'll plug later uh, as well. He's been on the show multiple times to talk about TV shows like Ted Lasso, Saturday Night Live, Righteous Gemstones. Go just go back, check the archives. There's plenty of wonderful content from uh, from Mike Raymer and myself. Um, so I brought Mike back on um, to talk about a few things. 
The first uh, is Righteous Gemstones, which recently wrapped up season three, uh, a phenomenal season of TV show. So we definitely got to talk about that. But there's really just kind of a lot going on in, in TV right now um, that I want to dive in. So this is kind of a we're yeah, we're going to talk about Righteous Gemstones, but we're also going to talk about the general state of TV. Um, so with that said, uh, welcome back to the show, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm great, John. Thank you for having me six times. Who would have thought, right? I mean, I know, I know. It's wonderful. Okay. Um, great seeing you. I hope all is well in Oklahoma. Yeah, um, we're, we're getting into the middle of summer here in, in, in Atlanta. I mean, summer goes on through the end of October, basically. So we still have a little bit to go. Um, but it's been a good summer. Did a little traveling, not a ton, but a little traveling this summer. And now it's all systems go. Back to the job. Classes are in session. We're busy. Yeah, ready to go. It's it's that time of the year. Busy, busy. Uh, same here. Classes are going. Didn't get a whole lot of traveling under my belt, but uh, definitely ready to get going with some some school. Ready to do this podcast with you and always excited to, to have you back on. So um, I guess kind of before we jump into discussion of, of Righteous Gemstones and TV and all of that, those those more fun topics that I want to get into, I think it, it's kind of hard to talk about the current state of where television is and really just like you know, entertainment in general without talking about the two strikes that are going on. You know, we have one yeah. with writer strike. We have one with the actors as well. I want to say that was like the first time both organizations have been on strike since like Ronald Reagan was the president of, of SAG, like in the sixties or something. So yes, there's precedent, but I mean, we're obviously, we're talking about like a completely new era of like TV and content creation where, you know, you've got AI, you've got all these other new things that, you know, are, are, are contending with that maybe, you know, um, and previous generations just haven't had to deal with. So I guess what I, I'm curious, I don't, I don't know the answer to when these things are going to end, but as far as like, you know, watching TV and, and waiting for new shows and getting excited about things, like, are you, are you worried at all? Like, do you think this will disrupt, disrupt any of that? Or where are you kind of at with this, with this strike that's going on? Yeah, I, I'm I'm very concerned with it, mostly uh, because Atlanta, where my office is, has become ground zero for pretty much every movie ever made now. Yeah. So the the economic hit this is having on the state of Georgia and Atlanta specifically is enormous. Um, back I don't know, ten years ago, whenever it was that we we passed legislation here in Georgia that that gave film companies incentives to start making films here, it's a huge tax credit program that's been wildly successful, and sort of other states are trying to replicate it. Um, since then, I mean, the amount of like billions of dollars every year of tax revenue is generated by the film industry in Georgia and the town I live in, uh, Pinewood Studios, like one of the biggest film studios on planet Earth is literally a few miles from my house now. And they film like all the Marvel movies and stuff there. And around the studio, they built up this little town. Like there's there's really high end housing and restaurants and cool shops and stuff. So I see the economic impact that the film industry is having, and it's it's enormous. So I know this is going to be really serious for for Georgia's bottom line at the end of the day. Um, where my office is, there's a huge parking lot right next to my office, and when I look out my window, I'm on the seventh floor. I can see down into the lot. And in normal times, probably once or twice every month, there's a film crew there, like with you know 80 trucks and catering and extras and you name it. And if that's again, that's that's revenue going into the state, and um, now it's there. It, it's just empty, so it's just weird to see nothing being filmed in Georgia. And the odd thing is, like, I, I've not heard anyone predicting when this will be over. Like, there's no. Have you heard anything? 
No, I want to say that there was some, and again, I'm not a labor expert. I'm not even, I'm not an actor, not a writer or anything. I'm just what I'm hearing secondhand from like podcasts and, and, you know, news reports, things like that. I want to say they met like the two sides kind of met for the first time in months recently. And so that kind of tells you it like, they weren't even meeting. They weren't even discussing for months. So like, I don't know if them finally getting together, that's a good thing. Maybe that means there's some kind of impasse being broken, but just that alone seemed like that's, I, I don't know. And it, I mean, it seems like this could stretch out even on till next year. And I, I don't know yeah. if, you know, um, my one thing is I wonder if secretly, I don't know, this is kind of my weird like conspiracy theory. I wonder if these uh, TV executives, companies, things like that are like, you know, Hey, we can just get to football season. You know, if we can get football season on everyone's TVs and people will kind of forget about this then we can drag it out longer and make, you know, really get, you know, get ahead. And I don't know, but that's, yeah. that's the time of the year. I'm like, maybe people might forget a little bit, but you know, you kind of got to keep the pressure up now while, while it's still so relevant. Yeah. But sooner or later, it's got to get to the point where like nothing new is going to come out. Cause I think, you know, I mean, they film movies, a long time ago before they come out. So I think a lot of stuff in the can now, it's going to come out. But if nothing's happening now, eight months from now or nine months from now, it's going to be like, oh, we have nothing new anymore. Right. Uh, and, then, and then the shows that are out not getting promoted. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch or follow the show Winning Time, um, the show about the Lakers, you know, the 80s Lakers. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I've seen um, recently, and I again, this is only... This is not like I, don't, I haven't checked the ratings or anything, but I noticed I've, I follow one of the uh, one of the show writers, Jeff Perlman. He wrote the book that inspired the show. And he talks about like they're not on his Twitter account. He talks about we're not getting as many eyeballs on the show as we did season one. And a lot of it has to do with nobody's promoting this. You know, people it's yeah. almost like people don't know it's out. And yeah, here it is. And it's like if people aren't watching this, then maybe it doesn't get renewed for season three or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, if you like a good show, I mean, maybe your favorite show could disappear, you know, if you're not, you know, just if the way this thing goes, who knows? I mean, it's, it's just, um, it's a mess. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's just a mess. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned winning time. Cause I, I saw on Twitter, I don't know, maybe, two, maybe last week or the week before, like someone was talking about, I was like, Oh, I didn't even know this was out for season two. I yeah. have no clue. Yeah. Whereas season one, it was like everywhere. Like you heard about it all the time and saw Literally, it. All yeah. It kind of snuck out. Yeah. I, I think I only went yeah. about it had I, because I, I watch HBO pretty religiously. So it's like when Gemstones was wrapping up, I was like, what's coming on next? There's got to be something in that Sunday slot. And I think I just kind of poked around a little bit and like, oh, yeah, winning time is coming back. Kind of forgot about that one. So yeah, the it's weird. It's just the implications of this of, are just kind of, are just very strange and i just mm -hmm. want to end sooner rather than later i mean like with the gemstones i know they announced another season but would they typically be running it now and if uh, not so yeah i mean yeah we might not see it for a couple of years yeah and i just i wonder too like the the bear which i'm sure we'll talk about later you know that show had just such an amazing summer kind of run yeah. And I would assume they were hoping to get started on the next season right away, but you know, that's just not going to happen until this is over. Um, not, and I'm definitely not boohooing for, for Tom Cruise, but I was watching the new mission impossible. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it, but then I heard they were, they were still filming the next one after that, but they had to stop. They're like, Hey, we got to stop because the strike, you're just like, yeah. Not even Tom Cruise, you know, can get can get around this. I mean, you know, it's just uh, it's just. Yeah, I, I wonder. 
like with the bear, the you know the the I think the writer is like pretty much one guy. The, yeah, sort of the yeah. Person. I wonder, you know, I mean, how many people are saying, yeah, we're 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 on strike, we're not writing, but when they go home and they're like, oh, I got you know, fourteen weeks with nothing to do, I'm just gonna right. figure something out and got a jerk. ready to go. Yeah, yes, in the can. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I hope it ends soon. I mean, I, I, again, I want to see film trucks driving around my neighborhood and around Atlanta again, and we just don't see it. Unfortunately. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you were able to offer that perspective because I, you know, I, I forget that I forget how much the Atlanta, Georgia, just the whole area mm -hmm. is just blown up film wise. So that that's that's pretty cool uh, to hear that perspective. Um. Kind of another topic related to TV I want to touch on, and I hear this term get thrown around a lot, like when we talk about current TV, that we're in the era of prestige TV. Um, you know, I, I one of my favorite podcasts is literally just called the Prestige TV Podcast, where they break down these shows that are considered prestige. What makes a prestige show prestige and not, you know, that's probably a lot of debate there. But do you do you agree with that? with that phrasing, do you think we still currently are in the prestige TV era? And, and if so, like, what do you think the show or shows are going to be that are most memorable from this era um, will be? Yeah. I mean, I think definitely, again, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you, but again, when I was young, there were three channels. <laughs> that was it. ABC, NBC, CBS. We didn't even have Fox yet. Right. Sure. Um, that's what I grew up with. So, you know, if you missed the show on Tuesday night at eight o'clock as you were busy, you didn't see it again for like 25 weeks when it re-ran one time. Um, and you look back on so many shows from back then, they're just so corny and horrible and awful. And, and TV, if you're an actor, it was like considered sort of the next rung down. You're a movie actor or you're a TV actor. You didn't really move down to make TV. So when I see TV now, it's like, my God, this is so good. Like you mentioned The Bear earlier which I'm going to talk about in, coming up here in a second, but like some of those episodes, I was like, this was amazingly great cinema. I mean, it was like a, a movie that I got to watch in my house on my couch on a smaller screen. Um, and it just seems like every year there's another new, great, amazing show that comes out that, that you didn't, you didn't hear about it two weeks ago. And now it's like, this is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Holy cow. Um so that, I mean, I think we're fortunate to have so many great things around uh, to, to your point about which shows we'll be talking about, you know, down the road. Um, I think The Wire is going to be talked about for as long as people are talking about TV. I mean, sure. just phenomenal. Uh, the Sopranos, as long okay. as people are talking about TV, phenomenal. Um, a show like Succession, I don't know because it's still fresh and kind of, I don't know how that's going to age. Yeah. Uh, Ted Lasso, I do. I don't think it's going to be like 10 years from now. Like that was one of the best shows ever. I Maybe really the first season. I could see the first season being, yeah. I could see that being like a really good bottle of like a wine that ages yeah. really well, but I don't know about the other two. I don't know. As no. a whole, collectively, it's tough. And it really, it just cost so much lightning in a bottle because it was during COVID and it was such an uplifting feel good that first season show. Yes. 10 years from now, it's, people might be like, that's kind of corny, right? I mean, because <laughs> it's just so perfectly timed for the times we're in. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what are you thinking? What what shows in your mind are going to be around, talked about as the greats, like Game of Thrones? I don't know. That's the one that, that's the one I get hung up on a lot because, yeah, I at the time I thought Game of Thrones was, you know, the end all be all of television. Um, but now, I mean, it seems like there's just, I don't know, maybe in the last 
couple of years there have been shows that I think are are just as compelling or I don't know budgetary wise like the Lord of the Rings show I mean you know, I, I watch Game of Thrones and I'm thinking like oh this is the most epic fantasy I've ever seen on television then the Lord of the Rings shows co- comes out and it's like okay never mind um so I don't know I mean and and it seems like too the Game of Thrones like the the last season still rubs people the wrong way I don't think it's as horrible but um yeah I, I wonder about that one a lot so I think Sopranos and The Wire Breaking Bad you can't go wrong with those um but man yeah I I think I think as long as I think as long and you said something interesting earlier and you talked about how TV once was considered like a lower kind of rung of entertainment like actors would there you have TV actors and you have movie actors well it's completely it's completely flipped now you have whole shows being written for specific actors like maybe my favorite show of the year so far has been hijack uh with uh, Idris Elba and it's it's not a like very deep plot or anything but it's just like hey let's figure out let's put Idris Elba on a plane that's getting hijacked and let's figure it out this is going to be great tv um so i think as long as that's still the thing is still as as long as like we see big name stars wanting to be in television now um i think we're going to still be in that era of prestige tv and i think we're going to still be generating shows that are just like kind of stand around for a long time like cuz i didn't think the bear you know i mean I watched the bear or when I first started watching the bear, I'm like, this is pretty good. But then it hit a point like episode six, episode seven of season two. You're like, Holy crap. I think I'm watching maybe one of the greatest things I've ever seen on screen yeah. before. Like I, I, what agree. Is happening? I agree. The other thing that, I mean, I know recently Oppenheimer and the Barbie movie were huge box office. Yeah. But if you're going to spend a lot of money, it's like, we're not going to make any money at the box office. Let's, let's put it on one of these streaming services. Maybe we'll make more money. So I think that's another yeah. thing to drive great writers and directors to tv like if sure. apple comes to you and says you know we'll give you a deal um okay that's 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 being apple and not the big screen yeah yeah and and i think you know there's some stories too i think that are that will benefit too by being you know if you get a two-hour movie versus a 10 episode 35 40 minute episode mm-hmm. run you know i mean you, you can tell a lot of story in that way and that oh, yeah. too that's just not possible. Although I did, I did go full on. I, I did do the full Barbie Heimer experience this year and it did restore my faith in cinema, but I, I have a, I just hope, I hope the momentum continues. I hope we don't have like another year full of uh, just Marvel movies in the cinema. I want, I want good movies to get out again. You know, I just, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't been to the theater in forever. So, and my son wanted to go see Oppenheimer. So we went to see Oppenheimer. I loved it. And we were talking about it afterwards. I was like, you know, there used to be movies like this pretty regularly throughout the year, yeah. like every month or two, there'd be a movie for like smart, you know, not don't dumb it down and no one, no one's using crazy flying around tricks. It's just like a, a, you know, driven by actors and driven by dialogue. And I hope we get back to that more. Um, yeah. What I fear is that, hey, Barbie was a great movie. Let's make a movie about Stretch Armstrong, or they'll they'll make fifty thousand movies about toys, like <laughs> they, they did with Marvel, right? Which apparently uh, Mattel, the toy company, pretty much said anything is up for game, up for grabs. If you can come up with a movie, we will we will make it basically. Which interestingly enough, kind of misses the whole point of Barbie. Like Barbie is yeah, it's a, like it's about the toy Barbie, but it's about so much more and like. Mm-hmm if your takeaway is like hey let's make another toy movie you're like eh, maybe you're not doing that that's something but, but I, that, I mean that's how that those so many movie studios work it's like it made money let's let's copy that right like oh come on oh yeah very formulaic yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely 
All right. So, yeah, I mean, a lot going on in TV. Hopefully the strike gets settled sooner rather than later. Um, but I do think this year has been really good as far as television goes. There's been a lot of really good stuff to watch. And some points I've always, I've often wondered, like, is there too much good television? Like, do I have enough time in my day to get through all this stuff? You um, don't. The answer is you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I manage, but there's always something to watch, it seems like. Yeah. So. Um, but I'm curious. So I can't bring on Mike Raymer on my show without doing some top five lists. So let's get into our first top five list. I want to know, we'll go through five through one. Um, what have been your five best shows from this year so far? Let's let's start with your 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 number five, Mike. All right. So there's been there's been a lot of good ones, man. Um, and I've got uh we can talk about the bear. So I'm going to pick two episodes of the bear. That's kind of cheating. Um, but the bear season two, episode seven, um, Richie, one of my favorite characters in the last 20 years or so, just kind of a season one. You're like, this guy's a loser. You don't like him. He's just abrasive and kind of a jerk. But the more I watched it, I really found myself rooting for this guy. It's like, I need Richie to get a break. I need him to do well. He's trying Season two rolls around and it all comes together in, in episode seven where things click for him. He gets, you know, the opportunity to work at like the best restaurant in Chicago. And he, he's sort of the low man on the totem pole sorting forks and, you know, cleaning forks all day long. And it finally gets in his head like, oh, this is this is what it's going to take to get be successful. Um, and it was just such an uplifting episode like when it ended i was like almost in tears i was so incredibly happy for the guy and he you know he, there's a scene where he's driving his car listening to the taylor swift song i'm like and even then the whole time i'm thinking he's gonna crash his car he's gonna crash his car like i kept waiting for something bad to happen and it didn't happen and then a couple episodes later it all comes together for him and it clicks like when the, when the things go sideways in the restaurant and the orders are going crazy he steps up and he he's the man and I was like, oh my God, that's so freaking awesome to write that. It's just a what a what a great piece of writing. So that one was uh my my top TV thing I've watched probably since like a Ted Lasso episode one, uh, or episode season one. Um, and then the episode right before that, which I know a lot of people aren't as happy with this episode, the the Christmas episode of the bear. Ooh. Wow. Again, that's an example of that could have been a movie like that yes. is a movie that I'm I'm watching is, is one episode of nine or ten in this series. So it's like, my God, that was stunning. The cast. Yes. In how far? Like how many did you recognize Jamie Lee Curtis immediately? It took me a sec. I had to. I, do. Yeah, I was just like, I think that's I think that is Jamie Lee Curtis. But yes. This, I mean, it just. I don't. I mean, she took it to such another level. Just yeah. the, the chain smoking, the oh. timers, just the chaos. Insanity. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, it reminded me of Uncut Gems because it was like really, it was so tense the whole time. It was like I was like, oh my god, my heart's racing, and yes. but man, just they pulled it off. Um, just and it answered, you know, answered so many questions about the future, like episodes that are coming, and again, Richie's relationship with his then wife, and oh boy, it was great. Just wonderful wonderful tv and, and i i got lucky on that one because um once i start watching something good i just want to stream it like i don't care if i'm gonna be up all night watching it and my wife was out of town for a good chunk of the summer she had to go home and take care of her mom 
and it was during that time. So I was like, I got, like I said, I got nothing to do today. So I'm going to watch that like back to back to back to back. And that's what I did. Like I didn't leave the couch. It was wonderful. <laughs> um, but man, uh, kudos to the, the person writing the bear. I mean, that was just phenomenal stuff. So my top two are actually two separate bear episodes. Um, my number three show is still going on. It's what we do in the shadows. Yes. FX, just funny as all get out. Um, and this season, I think, has been their strongest season by quite a bit. Like consistently, every episode has been really, really funny. And it's what, and season five? Season, uh, season five, right? Yeah. That's um, incredible. Like they're, they're yeah. yes, I completely agree. They're hitting their stride. It's season oh. five. It's like, yeah. wow. I mean, some of the earlier episodes, are, you know, it's silly, of course. It's silly about oh, vampires. Yeah. But, but it's like the, like you really get to know the, the, the four main, five main, four and a half, I should say. I give away too much about Guillermo. But the, the, the characters are just absolutely hilarious. And the character of Laszlo, man, he's just, everything he says is funny to me, his accents, all of it. Um, so I've been really loving what we do in the shadows. Um, I think only a couple more episodes in this season. Yeah. Uh, I just watched the uh, untold Johnny football about Johnny Manziel. I need to see um, it. Documentary. It was, it was short. I mean, it could have been yeah, like twice. Yeah. As um, it could have went so much deeper, but it really was just an indictment of how wretched college football is when they, when they talk about student athletes and we care about student athletes. And, but I think when you see it, I mean, you know how it ends, but um I think Johnny Manziel really will go down as, I think, one of the greatest college football players I've ever seen, A. I mean, he was unbelievable on the field. But I think he will be credited with doing more for sort of liberation of, of college athletes getting paid than most any other college athlete ever. Oh, wow. Because, um, I mean, he went from literally like a, a you know a 19-year-old kid that nobody knew to having an amazing game and then every single person around him was making boatloads of money and he wasn't. And he was like, Nope, I'm going to make money. I, this is me. And he did. Um, and some people hate that, but I think it was like good for Johnny Manziel. I mean, he, he was, he was making the money. He should get paid. Sure. Um, so and now they're all getting paid basically, or more openly getting paid. I should say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the next one I have is, have you seen shiny happy people? I haven't. I have not. Boy, it's. I mean, it's one of the, it's. It's about the the Duggar family that had all those kids, and it was on TLC. Was it TLC? Yeah. Um, yeah okay. Okay. Yeah, it's it's Bell about that family. Um, one of the one of the girls, kind of is broken away from the family and talks about what was going on behind the scenes and just horrible. I mean, just despicable actions by a lot of people scary i mean really really scary stuff um considering what a lot of the folks are trying to do politically now um to sort of get that way of life into the mainstream and um make laws for people who don't necessarily um believe what they believe um so not really an uplifting watch so if you're like i want to watch something happy don't watch that <laughs> definitely i would recommend shiny happy people it was it was it was really well done. Um, so there's five for me, even though I only have four different shows. Um, how about you? What do you got for your uh, your top five? All right. So we've got, we've got, I'm looking at our list. So we got at least one that matches up. So I'll kind of go in reverse order. I'm currently watching uh, Reservation Dogs. Uh, season three just started uh, on FX or Hulu. 
It's fantastic. It's set in Oklahoma. I mean, it's not always it's not always the lightest, you know, I mean, it's a comedy, but it's also kind of a dark comedy um, deals with a lot of like, you know, issues you might find in indigenous cultures that, you know, they try to depict in a, in a kind of funny way. But at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of bleak and, and uh, mm-hmm. depressing. But so it's a, let me, you know, I mean, let me ask you this. So for, you know, when you're scrolling through all your different channels looking for things to watch that I've had my eye on that for three years and it's like i gotta watch it, i gotta watch it so you're saying watch the show it's so good yeah okay. it's 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 gonna follow it's you've got you know four main characters all teenagers trying to you know get out of small town oklahoma i mean they're living in they're living in poverty they're trying to get out you know they're dealing with some issues in their friends so i mean it's just a it's just a, a really cool show and it's got some uh a lot of cool like uh, native indigenous actors from from the state from Oklahoma and elsewhere too so um it's it's been I mean even if it wasn't set in Oklahoma I'd probably still like it but the fact that it yeah. is it got filmed here and all it's kind of it's got a really special place uh for me um is so it, that is one, it does it does it take place in an actual real Oklahoma town or is it a fictitious town but we know it's Oklahoma it is I want to say it is it's called Oklahoma it's O'Kern, Oklahoma. I don't. Okay, I'm. I'm. This is terrible. I'm gonna look it up real quick just to make sure that it's not an actual Oklahoma. Because if it is, I'm gonna feel really bad. Okay, no, it is not. It's supposed to be a town called Pitcher, P-I-C-H-E-R, but I think that's what it's based off of. It. It's in northern Oklahoma. It's like near the Kansas border. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably should have known that ahead of time. But there you go. Um. So yeah, it is kind of like a remote you know part of the state they're pretty far removed but it's so interesting because you'll see characters and people in the show are wearing stuff that people in Oklahoma might wear like an OU shirt or a thunder hat or something and you're just like oh cool seeing that in a tv show like I love it um anyways and shameless plug I had uh a couple of the actors from the show on my podcast I had little Mike and uh and and a little Mike and Mike Bone on my show so I've you know I Gotta gotta shout out Res Dogs uh, if I'm talking TV shows. Um, And it's you know, and this is the last season, so you don't have a lot to catch up on. Three seasons, you could get caught up pretty good, uh, pretty easily. Um, My next show, I already mentioned it earlier. It is Hijack season one with Idris Elba on Apple TV. Um, Very simple show, not a lot to it. Like I said earlier, it's just Idris Elba is a conflict uh, resolver who happens to be on a plane that is getting hijacked, and he has to figure out, hey. How do I resolve this conflict? How do I get this plane on the ground safely? And it's got some like wild twists and turns. Um, I'm all for a show that I can kind of just put on and not have to think about. Like I love shows that get me thinking and get me feeling certain ways. But if I can just have a show that I just kind of like turn my brain off for like an hour, uh, that's always nice too. And it was good during the summer because it just wasn't a whole lot going on. And uh, it was kind of one of those shows that I heard about like, you know, kind of heard about uh, the whispers of it, turned it on and it was just like blown away uh, immediately and got hooked. And I don't have a lot to watch on Apple TV. So that was kind of nice, too. Um, Number three is a show that's also currently airing. It's Winning Time season two. We kind of briefly talked about it. Um, I love season one. I love hoops, love NBA history. So getting to kind of see, even though I know it's a fictitious, you know, historical take on some of these events, I think it's awesome to see, you know, see the life of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all these guys that I really didn't get to see play, actually play because I wasn't born yet. But seeing these like Hollywood depictions is, is always fun. 
Um, and I love uh, John C. Riley as uh, Dr. Jerry Buss. I mean, it's just, he's just knocking out of the park every week as that character. So I uh, got to go with that. Number two for me, another. We'll say uh, having, having, having been around when those teams were playing, Boy, it was good. I mean, because it seemed like you, the downside back then, like you really only saw the Lakers, the Celtics, the Pistons, and then the Bulls came along on TV. You never saw any other teams ever. Sure. Because you didn't have like the constant game every night kind of thing. But every game was like, my God, that was a good game. Like when you had the Lakers Celtics series, final series, you you knew you knew every one of these games was going to be amazing. Um, and they were. Um, so now when I watch basketball, which I don't really watch anymore. I always compare the players to those people, which is not a good, easy comparison because it's like they're all Hall of Famers. So now it's like, geez, these guys can't hit a shot. They, they seems like they're traveling all the time, and I, I can't get into basketball anymore because they're not Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. You got the you got the cream of the crop right there. It's like you can only. I know everybody. You'll say, and when you get older, you'll say the same thing about the people like that you like now. But it's like, man, basketball was so different back then. Sure. Um, and they could really just pound the heck out of each other. And I mean, now it doesn't seem like they do that much anymore, but all three yeah. point shots, <laughs> yep. which I would too. Makes sense. Yeah. Get, the, right, get yeah. Them all the stuff Curry. He can shoot and score. Why not? Yes. Easy, easy game plan there. Mm-hmm. Um, My number two is a show. I, you know, it's a little, it happened a little bit earlier in the year, but I'm still thinking about it a lot, but it's last of us season one. I mean, it's a video game adaptation, um you know uh so i mean you're always gonna it's it's kind of tricky you know trying to please a fan base of a, of a really popular video game plus putting out a show that people are gonna like and i i've played the video game and watched the show and i thought they did a fantastic job of kind of making sure to please all of their audiences um i also thought like i'm not sure if you've seen this the if you've seen last of us or not but um episode three of that show by itself standalone one of the best episodes of television i've ever seen it's the episode where nick offerman he's got he's you get you get to see what life is like for nick offerman's characters like this like doomsday prepper surviving the uh the uh, last of us plague and it, i mean i it's an episode i think i watched it and immediately turned it back on and watched it again because i was like what did i just see this is absolutely amazing television it was just and the whole the whole season i thought was really good but that one just really stood out to me um, and I, I think we kind of mentioned, we were talking about Game of Thrones earlier, and this is the show that I'm thinking, like, if there is a show where, you know, you're trying to borrow from, like, a source material, like a, like a comic book or a video game or whatever, if there's a show that could kind of, like, be the next Game of Thrones, I feel like Last of Us could be. I don't know if they'll get there, but it could be. I don't, I don't know if the popularity will be, and it seemed like that first season was really popular, I don't know if they'll keep the momentum up for season two or not. Um, but anyway, so, that, that's my take. So there, that. there is a season two. Yeah. Cause there's a second video game and I'm pretty sure they're going to make season maybe like two and three might be that second video game. Um, Cause the second video game is a lot longer. There's almost like two stories going on at once. Um, so I, I have a feeling they might do like one story a season two, one is season three or something like that. I don't know. Okay. But, um, I would assume within the next couple of years, there'll be another season. Um, obviously the writer strike could slow that down. I have no idea, but here we go again with the writer strike. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that third episode really was, oh man, it was again, like that's quality 
quality TV that we're just watching in our homes, right? Yeah, that's um, a movie. That's a. It was like watching a movie, you know, just yeah. like a really great movie. Totally. Like, yep, yeah. and it's just such a, a touching, moving, kind relationship that it was, yeah. like, which was great. Um, I read the, the the people who wrote that like their big struggle was what song are we going to have, and they they went around and around and around forever until they they settled on that and apparently when they they heard that linda ron stan song they're like oh that's it that's done we got the song and um <laughs> which is great i love linda ron and ron stan. she's she's amazing um so yeah i'm with you there that that third episode was that was it's, good yeah incredible and there were a couple other episodes in the season two that are within that season as well that were really good but that one just stuck out to me just mm-hmm. Still to this day, I mean, I might if we're t- if we're just trying to rank like the best standalone episodes of a TV show like that 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 one's right yeah. up there with me. Um, and number one, I mean, you already talked about it. It's the Bear season two of the Bear. Um, I I mean, I think you're right. You could easily take episode six and episode seven by themselves are just just some of the greatest television alone. But I just put that whole season together because it's it was season one was really good. Like I'm I'm not I I. But season two, I just think, was almost like exponentially better. Like they took all yeah. the good things from season one, took all that momentum and just ran with it. Um, you know, just like, think about you you have a show that's so good and you take your main character for the very last episode and you basically take him out of the yeah. episode. You're like, we're going to lock him in a freezer for an entire yeah. episode and just like. I just you, oh my god it still blows my mind like you have all this build up to the restaurant opening and carmy doesn't even really get to like yeah. enjoy it it's just ah oh, incredible i did have uh, several friends who've worked in the uh, restaurant business were furious because they're like every one of those walk-in coolers has a knob you push to get out and i'm like i know that man. i've been in those a ton of times myself let's go along with it um and the, the other bold move is like we're gonna take like every you know maybe the first five episodes every episode and even seven we're going to focus on kind of one person so we're going to take yeah. marcus and send him to, to copenhagen and so you really kind of split up the crew yeah but it worked. i mean it, it totally yes. totally worked um so yeah i i can't wait for the next the next season and like that again we're getting back to jamie lee curtis at the end when she, she shows up to the restaurant for the opening night she can't bring herself to come in yeah heartbreaking. just heartbreaking yeah. stuff i'm like oh my god and then what's even worse is when uh, her son-in-law lets it slip that uh, she's going to be a grandmother and she didn't know. Right. And then he has to go back yep. and tell his wife. He's got to be like, oh, no, everything's fine. You know, it's, you know, he, he just had this like um, incredibly awkward moment, you know, just heartbreaking moment. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah, that that whole season. I mean, it's just I need to go back and <laughs> watch it again. Just talking about it again. Uh, it, it's pretty incredible. You mentioned uh, you you watched episode three and then you watched it again. I did that with episode seven of the bear. Like I oh, watched it, I like, got up, got something to drink, and I'm watching this again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and the bear. One other kind of thing about the bear too is now uh, sometimes my wife and I because we watch it together. We we will go to restaurants, and I'm just sitting there, and we'll both like we're like, is there an episode of the bear just happening right now? Like just across the room and the like. <laughs> behind that wall we just don't know it right now like what is happening? <laughs> and how quickly like in the national lexicon like you know yes chef like that that like like sayings that are just automatic like you say it and people know what you're talking about like it yeah. happened very quickly people um, at taco bell calling each other chef now you're yes. like this is I great. Love it. I- <laughs> I love it. yes 
All right. So thinking about all this wonderful TV and just ways to consume, um, you know, consume all of this content we are we are bombarded with. Um, there's a lot of apps, you know, I, I think I actually saw I said, funny enough, I saw a diagram the other day about streaming apps have finally like the money we pay for streaming apps has finally like gotten over the cost of what we normally would pay for cable. Because that was the whole thing back in the day was like, hey, get on Netflix, you can cut your cord and you can save money. Mm -hmm. You know, that's fine. But I think we have to stop saying, you know, we have there's so many app subscriptions, there's so many things you can watch. And I, I just shamelessly don't even care anymore if it's cheaper than cable. I I, I just want to watch what I want to watch. So I'm curious, just thinking about maybe the last year or maybe the last six months, whatever is easiest for you, like power rank the streaming services and apps you've been using. Like which which ones have been heavy rotation for you? Um what I use most, and it's not watching, but I listen to Spotify pretty much 24 hours a day. And I know that doesn't count, but that's where... I'll take it, yeah. That, I think it definitely counts. I can only pick one thing, that would have to be it. I, I would be like, all right, I'm going to give up watching everything. i got to have music. So that there, there's that. But in my house, uh, Hulu is the big one. Um, and let me preface this by saying, I want to say maybe in 2008 or 9 or 10, I was doing a workshop with teachers at Georgia Public Broadcasting in Atlanta, and one of the VPs came down and was talking to us about things like streaming and cutting the cord and all that stuff. And none of this had really happened yet. And he said, let's be careful what we wish for, because what's going to happen, and he's predicted exactly what's happened. Like every channel, everyone's going to have their own show that you got to you got to sign up for. And he's like, it's going to end up costing more than cable. And he's right. Um, in my household right now, um, my wife and I, are, are, we're now empty nesters. So we're looking at like, gee, we have Disney Plus. Do you, do you watch Disney Plus? I don't watch Disney Plus. So we're we're going through and we're we're going to be cutting some things. Don't tell my kids if they're listening. <laughs> there you go. So that's gonna um, but but start for me, it starts with Hulu, and the reason why is that um, I, I get every NHL hockey game is on Hulu. Like every single game ever, I get to watch, which is great. Yeah. Um, things like you know what we do in the shadows is on there. I mean, just a wide array of things. Plus occasionally i'll dip in and look for a movie or something but it seems for me for the most bang for my buck is hulu um so i, I gotta start with that one um to me hbo well formerly hbo max probably comes in number two um because it's still to me there's great stuff on there like the gemstones yeah. but then also movies and so that's probably my number two netflix really has kind of fallen off the face of the earth for me like i don't really watch Netflix anymore. I mean, it's rare that I flip on something on Netflix. So maybe five for them. And then four and three and four. I got to go Peacock <clears throat> simply because it's got all the good Premier League games. Um, I mean, a, a good chunk of the Premier League for me is on Hulu, but like the big marquee games. You can get on Peacock. They're on, they're on that. So there's an example. Like if not for one Premier League game a week or two a week, I wouldn't need Peacock, but I need it. So I was like, all right, I'll pay whatever the hell it cost me. <clears throat> and then probably Amazon Prime is four, if Peacock's three, probably. And again, but I'm thinking less and less and less with Amazon Prime. Like I don't watch it as much. So I think eventually I'll be down to Hulu and that'll probably be it for me. Um, what do you got? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I think, you know, number one is probably always Max for me or HBO, which I hate. I hate the Max. I you have HBO. You that is yeah. the best product. Do not hide that. I don't. I do not sure. understand that. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. Um, 
I'll go with Max just simply because, and, and I, I, here's the thing. And I have another kind of related question I'll ask in a moment. Max is mostly number one because of the classics that it has, because I can go back and watch the wire anytime I want or Sopranos, um, you know, things like that. Keep it really high for me. I'm going to go. I, I, I also want to add Spotify cause I just listen to way too many podcasts and I listen to, I've been trying to actively listen to more music this year. Um, so I've been really listening to more Spotify than normal. Um, but Hulu is like sneaky, like rising up the power charts for me because I, you know, we had Hulu and I think my wife was the one who watched it mostly, but I've been going down like a huge FX kind of rabbit hole lately. And that's where it all is like that. I think some of it used to be in other places. Like you could randomly find like FX shows like on prime or other random, but now it's like, it's all centralized. I think it probably because the contracts are up, it's all centralized now. So yeah, I've been watching a lot more Hulu lately um and which i have disney plus kind of like in the same package but we my wife and i we never watch um we hardly ever watch disney plus so maybe that's one i'll have to have to nix as well um here's here's another weird hulu thing like um pick any random women's college soccer game that's that's being played tonight somewhere in the country in division one name it it's on hulu like i'll be flipping through and like oh of course i want to watch santa clara play seattle like sure why not so just this most and i love watching those i don't watch all the games but dipping into those games because so many of the broadcasters are like local college kids who are just horrible and it's hilarious because it's like boy i really appreciate good announcers compared to you know the uc santa barbara versus uh stetson game that's on and it's just like crazy stuff like that where um so props to hulu for giving us soccer games of every conference in the country they're shooting up there yeah i I, uh, hulu is one i was kind of sleeping on for a while but got a lot of good stuff um i have youtube tv as well i i you know in order to watch live sports got to have some way to watch live sports i guess you could always do like the peacock and watch premier league things like that but i like having things in one nice spot um and i've got apple tv i mean honestly apple tv i got it i think i got a free subscription when i bought my phone so that's probably the reason i have it but I'm still really uh, loving uh, Hijack, and I'm hoping maybe they'll put some new stuff. You can also watch MLS games on Apple TV. So if you've been following Messi becoming the greatest MLS player, then Apple TV is is right there for you. So, um, yeah, those are mine. But it's so interesting that you mentioned Netflix because I'm trying to think maybe it was Stranger Things last year or the year before that I was, like, really excited about, like, a Netflix show. It's just if it was not if if my phone company didn't pay for my netflix subscription and like they have been i probably wouldn't even have netflix right now or if my mom didn't use it all the time like because i let her use my account like i'd probably like yeah get rid of it but it's just probably the next time i talk to you it probably won't have netflix wow which is so weird because streaming you kind of associate with netflix i mean that was almost like what we use for streaming um and now it's you know it's just not not the same. So, but I, you know, I remember when Netflix, when it first came out, or at least the streaming side of it, it was like, you could literally stream everything. Like I could watch Breaking Bad and like, I don't know, Pulp Fiction or whatever, you know, they just, they just had so much stuff, but now it's all, it's all, the contracts are up. It's all left to go back to their, their homes. And, you know, it's just, it's just not the same. Even the original content, it's just eh, not the same. So I noticed something in our top five, when we were talking about our favorite shows, um, my list and yours, we had a lot of stuff from eight. We had a lot of stuff from FX. 
I think I had a couple things from HBO or Max, excuse me. But you also mentioned Max as one of your like it's high up there on your list of of apps uh, that you're you're streaming from. If you could pick one uh, one app right now or one one company that's putting out content right now based on their current stock, you can pick HBO or FX. So that really what you're saying is you could pick Max or you could pick Hulu um, if you want to think about it that way. Who are you going with? Man, this is tough. This is like picking your favorite kid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, right now, man, that's uh, I'll say uh, FX Hulu. I mean, if I, for, I don't know. And again, you ask me tomorrow, I'll, I'll probably say Max. Right. Well, for the longest time, I associated, I associated Prestige TV with HBO, like Sopranos, Game of Thrones, The Wire, shows like that. But FX is just putting out historically and is continuing to put out shows that I think are just are, are very close to that same level. Like maybe maybe the wire, maybe the bear or the bear is probably not as good as the wire, like historically. But like it's really freaking good. You know, I mean, yeah. I, so I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to pick right now. I'd probably lean. I'd probably lean FX, but I don't know. That, that's tough. Especially the other thing is with the gemstones ending, like I don't have a show on HBO right now that I'm like, oh, on Sunday night, I got to watch this. So I'm kind of right. yeah. away from it right now. Um, yeah. And HBO or Max, they did season two of uh, Perry Mason. Did you watch Perry Mason? No, but I want to. It's one of those shows I kept seeing the trailers and it looked yeah. good. I just, I haven't got the time for it yet, but it's one of those I want to go back. Is it, is so, it worth it? Two seasons. Season one, I really, really enjoyed. I mean, it was just, it looks like the time period it's supposed to be set in. Like, they did a wonderful job of making it look period appropriate. Season two was, mm, and it's not, it's not, they're, they're not coming back for a season three. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's, um. we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll kind of touch back on this a little bit when we talk about shows we're, we're, we're getting excited for later on, but um what an interesting year, what an interesting year of TV. So I think, I think this would also be a good time now to kind of segue and talk about one of the show we were originally uh, kicking around the idea of getting together to talk about, and that is Righteous Gemstones season yes. three. We podcast. Yeah, we, we podcasted about it before. Now, you know, we got another season under our belt. Uh, I'm not going to lie. The season started off. I thought the first episode was really good. You brought Steven Dorf in. You had that, you you had that, um, you know, the, the slick bandit, that whole thing started off episode one, kind of forget about it for a while. You know, all they, they had the other plot lines going on and it was cool that it came back around at the end. But at first this season, I was a little like, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure how I'm feeling on it. Like I liked it, but it was like, you know, kind of third on the, on the charts of behind season one oh, and yeah. two. But it picks up really good. I want to say around like the penultimate episode and then the season finale was really good. So it kind of redeemed itself, um, sort of play on words there. Um, you know, but I, I still enjoyed the season overall, had a lot of good moments. So I think that's where I want to start with. Um, what are your well, let's go through our top five moments of, of Gemstone season three. What were your your top five? Yeah, I would. I, I agree with what you had, you said about season three. So for me, it was definitely the third of the first three seasons. If I had to rank them, easily number three. And the reason why, in my opinion, is that in the first two seasons they got the you know the, the 
Jesse and and, uh, and and Calvin and Judy got to be just carefree jackasses, right? Because <laughs> they just got to spend dad's money. They didn't have any like real jobs to speak of. They weren't in charge of anything. This season, dad retires and now they're in front and they're, they realize like, this sucks. We got to work. And yes. none of them are good at it, right? So there, there's that where they're kind of all miserable and not really working together and being together. They hated each other and two of them kind of left. And so it was just a lot of like crap, man. The, the reality of life is dumping down on us. And it's like, I don't want to watch that. I can live that in my own life, right? <laughs> and then Judy having her little dalliance with the guy and that her and BJ, which was another great team, was kind of split apart for much of the series. So for me, it was just kind of like a, a an adulthood hit him in the face reality kind of season where it was like, oh, they're not they're not being their stupid selves because they they have to like be in charge now. Um, but on the plus side, monster trucks. Yes, that was nice. Yes, that and was the highlight. And the flashback episodes are always just perfect. Like. Another worry of mine is with this writer strike, if it delays it too long, the, the young actors playing the young gemstones, like they're going to uh, age. Oh so my gosh. Kind of like, shit, we can't even go back and like that. So that hopefully they're like filming some of that on the side when no one's looking. Um, there we go. Yeah. But uh, as you mentioned, toward the end, though, it really, like the last two episodes for me are like, all right, this is this is the gemstones I, I love. Yeah. Uh, so my my highlights and the question is my top five moments of the season, right? Correct. All right. So the whole baby baby Billy, I can't even say it. Baby Billy's Bible bonkers. Genius. Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> you know they're sitting around the writers' room that's going, "All right, how about this? How about we just take the Family Feud and just change <laughs> the name and and make it about Baby Billy and Bibles?" And and then you knew. As soon as they mentioned it, like you knew, like they're going to be on that show and they're going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know the Bible. I mean, they're again, they're they're shysters. They don't know what's going on. So that whole that thing that, and then in the, in the end when they actually you got to see the set and the dancers and all that stuff, that was just wonderful. The theme song. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> the other another great moment was the actual funeral. You mentioned Dusty Daniels, a slick bandit. His funeral, because <laughs> you're. You're you're sitting at the funeral, and at the time, you're not sure who the funeral's for. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the scene, they just show the, the NASCAR <laughs> car being lowered, lowered down to the grave, and he's in the car, dead. That was nice. Because um, <laughs> I imagine, again, you're, you're running that show, and you call up like a NASCAR team, and you're like, yeah, we need to borrow a car. For what? <laughs> We're going to bury a guy in it on our show. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. We'll be right over with one. Um Another, it was, it was just like a 10 second scene, but the very last episode, Jesse drops Pontius off and Pontius is insane. I mean, the dude's got like yeah. facial tattoos and just, uh, just insane. He's <laughs> dropped him off at, it looks like the Citadel, like the military school. And he's being all nice and stuff to him and really, oh, you're going to really grow from this, blah, blah, blah. And then Pontius walks away and joins this troop. And Jesse's just like, this is going to, they're going to eat you fucking alive or some horrible thing like that. Where he's just like talking smack on his kid. Um, that was nice. Um, the, there's a scene late, I think it's the last episode of the, or the second last episode where uh, Jesse and Judy and Calvin actually go to the restaurant. Um, you know, where the, the family meals are and yeah. they go to the restaurant and, and then they comment, like, oh, the big table's not out and the, we're never here during the week when other people are here. So again, they're kind of normalized. They're not special anymore. They're just part of the, the scene. 
but at that scene they they finally come together and they like they hold hands <laughs> yes can we and, do and, this? <laughs> yeah we're not, man. We're, we're not. And, and, and then there's a line that judy says that's just vile and i'm not going to say it but it's just like <laughs> oh man that's the judy i miss when she's just making those comments where you're like what did you just say like oh my god i can't believe she said that and that to me was like one of the few times this season where judy was really that judy like just the over-the-top crazy crazy i mean she's crazy in most episodes but she came out big in that one um and then my final no if i had to put one this is my number one um the scene where baby billy is a flashback to y2k so it's the <laughs> night the new year's eve night y2k and he's in monaco um with the slick bandit partying with air quotes gene hackman <laughs> just insane like again how who who thought of that? Like, oh, we'll have to party with Gene Hackman. And then someone's like, all right, we have to find a Gene Hackman lookalike. Yeah. So somewhere in the world, there's a dude who gets a call and says, hey, you look like Gene Hackman. You want to be in Rise of Gemstones? Yes, you, I'd love to. Do you um, think they called the actual Gene Hackman first? Oh, he's really old. So no. Oh, I mean, no. Okay. He, he, no. Gene Hackman is like 95 or something. So no way in hell they called the old Gene, Gene Hackman. No. Um, they could have given the uh, the the Robert De Niro Irishman treatment. Oh no, no, aged him a little bit. You know, when we're done. Google image Gene Hackman today. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> you know, um, so that was that was great. I mean, and the other sneaky thing that happened in the the final, like I, I tuned in on the Sunday night, which I thought was the second last episode, and they had both of them up. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. that threw me off too. I thought I missed an episode. I was like, wait, what happened? Uh, this is great kind of the opposite of what ted lasso did how it delayed it um yeah well, that was like a bonus like oh my god i was up super late that night but i didn't even care um <laughs> so there my, my, my top five moments from uh season three what are you what are you what are you going with your top five that's a good list and i think i'm looking at mine i think i got a i got at least one on there um let me go let me go reverse order i like so you mentioned the judy gemstone storyline where she's she cheats on bj with i think it was like her guitarist or band, yeah. you know, member of the band um i liked bj's response i liked seeing bj break bad like he goes yeah. there and gets in the fight i mean he loses like you know gets his ass kicked but he defends his wife's honor. He shows back up. And I just had more respect for BJ. I kind of wanted to see BJ just be more of a badass. Like yep. uh, that was, that was really cool. Um, number four, I mean, easily could have been number one, but Bible bonkers. I mean, from everything, the show finally coming together, like hearing Bill, uncle baby Billy talk about it the whole time. Like it, it just cracked me up. Like when the, the gemstones were kidnapped and you thought they might die. And he's like, Hey, don't forget. We had a promise to make Bible bonkers. It's like your nephews might get murdered. Your nieces and nephews might get murdered, but we're still going to make Bible bonkers. So there's a scene where he talks about baby Billy says something to the effect of, Oh, I've, I've always wanted to have my own game show. And Jesse's like, wait, you always wanted to have a game show. And it's like, yeah, you could, Yes, of course he always wanted to have a game show. Like, what else would he want, right? He's perfect for a game show. He is, he is perfect for that. Um, my number three, I like, I've really, I don't know what it is, but Steve Zahn, the actor, is like, he's got an HBO renaissance. Like, he did a mm -hmm. uh, season of White Lotus that was really good, and now he's on Gemstones, and he might have done some other stuff, too, that I'm just blanking on. But, like, I'm here for the Steve Zahn renaissance, and I love that, you know, he is... Um, he is their he's is either he's their uncle right or is it uncle? i'm trying to remember what the relation is yeah he's the yeah. gemstone kids yeah the uncle 
Yeah, the uncle. Okay, just want to make sure I get that right. You see the origin story of why he is the way mm-hmm. he is. He gets in that crazy shootout, gets shot in the face, yep, and like, face. yeah, and you're just like, I just, I don't know. Kind of back to what you're saying. I love the 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 flashbacks that Gemstones does that the, the show does. So seeing how Steve Zahn kind of became the way he did was was interesting. Uh, number two, any moment Redeemer was on the screen smashing something, winner. That is probably the apex of monster trucks on television shows. And I don't know if it gets any better than that. That was incredible. The song. I mean, oh my God. Again, you're you're a heavy metal band. And hey, we need you to write a song about what? A monster truck. I mean, I mean, all in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really good. And then number one, I, I think I kind of always knew this was going to happen, like Kelvin and Keith ending up together. But like them finally, when Keith turns around and kisses, or Kelvin turns around and kisses Keith, and just like, I don't know, it just everything clicked. Everything about Kelvin's character makes more sense now. Their relationship makes more sense. I'm so excited to see what happens now in season four because knowing their relationship is solidified, like might even be the strongest relationship on the entire show. And that's saying something. So I don't know. I, number one. Did you know that's going to be bumpy? That's going to be bumpy roads ahead for those two. How, the other, yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Other, I mean, the scene, the part that I like maybe the most in that scene is after they kiss, Calvin jumps back in, and the three of them are kind of marching towards the camera, and the reactions of Jesse and Judy, they're very supportive. Yeah. yeah. It was like, that's yeah. awesome. Like, because you, you could see Jesse being a total jackass about that whole thing. Making a but, joke or saying, yep, yeah. So. Horrible. Um, but he did. That's cool. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of good moments in this show, and, and, very excited for season four. Um, about, happy to hear him announce that. So, how about Jesse's uh, ever-changing uh, sideburn colors? Oh my gosh! And then seeing the the color drip, yeah. <laughs> like Rudy Giuliani, and then him denying it to the kids, and the kids giving him crap about it, and you know, it was just great. I so mean, good. he just he's just a wonderful character. And I thought Jesse really, really was one of the the stars of this season because it's yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, Dan Bright, he's amazing. He's great in every scene he's in. But maybe the, the first two seasons, I think he was sort of a little more subdued. Sure. Uh, I mean, as much as he can be subdued. But this time, it seemed like he really was like, again, he's in charge of the church. So it's his show now. His show. There you go. Yep. So before we take uh, a show, an ad break here, I'm just curious. We know there's a season four. Um, and I think we tried to do this the last time when we talked about season two, one and two, I think we tried to do some predictions. So what are, what are some predictions you have for, uh, season four? What are some things you think might happen or you'd like to see happen in season four? Predicting this is impossible. I mean, you think about like, who would have predicted like cycle ninjas (laughs) or the, the, the whole, we're going to build, you know, the, the giant church in the caribbean i mean or the the cousins who are running the, the christian nationalist camp <laughs> thing so that kind of big picture stuff like who the hell knows man i mean that's just wild stuff um but on, on, a, on a kind of a smaller level i think judy's gonna get pregnant Ooh. can you imagine a more insane character to be pregnant oh. and it, i mean and and maybe aunt tiffany comes around to help her <laughs> to give her advice yeah i was a little disappointed in season three not enough tiffany i not love enough. tiffany she was she's great um so i'm gonna say judy's gonna get pregnant uh i'm gonna say calvin and keith actually get married 
somewhere. I don't know if they're going to have to go somewhere. Or I don't know what the laws are in South Carolina where their show is shot. Um, but I'm going to say they're going to actually get married. Um, and then here's a here's a big wild card. Jesse runs for political office. Oh, of local yeah. or national? Ah, who knows? I mean, someone will get into his head. No, you're a great leader. So I could see him being like kind of mimicking what the former president did. So going from sort of a I like it. Character to a boom, brand new. You, you we were going to follow you, and and just how that would go to his head, um, is you know, I mean, it's, he's rather narcissistic. I can't imagine Jesse with even more people lo looking at him. Um, that's not five predictions. That's three, but I think that's three. That's three. And your prediction, one of yours actually brought up a funny one of my favorite moments of the show that we didn't talk about. You mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Aunt Tiffany. And mm -hmm. so we didn't get a lot of Tiffany. We didn't get a lot of Lionel either, the, their child. But there was this one moment where um, they're talking about the children that have been kidnapped. All You know, the gemstones have been kidnapped. Billy comes in with Lionel and Tiffany and Lionel's crying. And Billy looks at Lionel and he goes, quit your crying, Lionel. Nobody's trying to kidnap you. And it's just like, <laughs> it's the perfect just, Billy. <laughs> just uh, no compassion whatsoever. Yeah, like, nope. Oh, it's just so, so horrible. That's such horrible. a horrible person. <laughs> so there's my my first prediction. We need to get more. We need to get more Tiffany and Lionel and Billy together in season four. I just need more of them on the screen. I don't care what, but just get more of them. But my mm -hmm. other my other one, and they kind of alluded to this um, in the end of the season, where Gideon lets Doctor Gemstone know, "Hey, I want to follow in your footsteps." Yep. So I could kind of see like gemstones kind of continuing the succession you know the show vibes like who's going to succeed and take over the show and i think they'll do it in a more funny way obviously but like i could see this, this this could be the season where we see gideon really like succeed and take over maybe even surpass jesse maybe that's why jesse runs for politics instead because nope. gideon's taken over. who knows and you know uh, jesse will hate it when gideon's better than he is yes 100 percent. that i think I'm here to say, I think Bible Bonkers stays on the air. I know they had a rough start. They had the plague show up and mess up the studio and the episode. The yeah. sign fell down and killed somebody. But guess what? <laughs> it seems like that would be like, kind of like, it would get this kind of cult following. People would uh, be like, yeah, I watch Bible Bonkers. Like, why not? You know? Uh, I can't believe it's not a real show. Like, how is this not a thing, right? Seriously. Seriously. And when that, when that sign fell and, and smashed that person's head, I literally paused it and was like, wait a minute. And I went back immediately. It was like, it really crushed that person's skull. It did. Oh it did. Um, so my third, my third prediction is related to a couple of yours. I think there'll be a baby on the show, but I'm going to go a different direction. I think Kelvin and Keith will adopt a baby. Oh. And maybe, maybe uh, Judy will be mad that Kelvin had a child before she did. Maybe that'll be the conflict. I don't know, but one way or the other, I, I feel like a baby's going to be involved somehow. So yeah. And I think Keith would be a great parent out of anyone on that show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably the safest bet to be a, a normal, sane parent. The most decent human being on the show is Keith, yeah, the former definitely. Satanist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think by a long shot. Like, I can't think of anybody else who comes in second. Seriously. Seriously. All right. So this would be a good time to take an ad break. We're going to come back, talk more about kind of big picture TV, what we're excited about. Um, some other big picture questions with Mike Raymer. Uh, so stick around, hang tight. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. So my wonderful sponsors at Barnana Chips were so kind 
uh, to send me a care package with some wonderful snacks and wonderful chips of various kinds, different snacks to try. And I've been saving one for a while that I've been, been dying to try. And it's the organic plantain chips, spicy mango salsa, their kettle cook style chips. So I'm going to do a live uh, first try, a live taste. Uh, and you can get my instant reactions to these chips. I've been dying to try these chips. And here we go. Open up the bag. Give a smell test. Ooh, ooh, I can smell the the sweetness, the, the the spiciness. Okay, here we go. First chip. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I like that a lot. There's the flavor's a little subtle. The spice is kind of subtle, but you can taste the sweetness of the mango right away. But that spicy mango kind of the salsa. Um, kind of creeping up in the back. I can feel the spice in the back of my, the back of my mouth right now. It's really good. Um, it's not overpowering the mango, the sweetness, but the salsa taste together, not overpowering, but a nice kick, you know, um, be good to have a glass of water with these, but I'm not feeling like, oh my God, I absolutely have to rush out and drink a glass of water right now. I like that, that subtle spice, uh, and it combined with the sweetness. So let me give another chip. Good stuff. Good stuff. So check these out. They're banana, spicy mango, salsa. They're kettle style chip. It's fantastic. I would give it like an 11 out of 10. I don't know. Is that fair? But check it out. Thanks, Barnana. All right. So I'm back. I'm here with Mike Raymer. We're talking all things Prestige TV. We just got done talking about the Righteous Gemstones season three, making predictions for season four. We talked about the general state of TV, but now I'm just curious, kind of thinking about the future. Um, what shows or show, you know, what show or shows are you most excited about kind of the remainder of the year? I know we're already, you know, we're, we're getting into uh, September, getting to fall TV show season, which is usually a big, you know, big time of year. So what are you uh, most excited about? Oh, I've got I've got three that I'm really, really fired up for. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham season two. Did you watch Welcome to Wrexham season one? No, and I need to because one, I I watch, you know, I follow the Premier League. I follow soccer, so I, I probably should there. But I mean, another FX show. It's got Ryan Reynolds, McElhaney. I mean, so a lot of boxes checked off yeah. for me, but I need to. I mean, season one, I started watching it expecting nothing. And it was like, man, this is this is phenomenal. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. a great, great story. and. You know, you know how it ends because these games have been played already, and and right. but still, season two is going to be phenomenal because of what really happened to the team. And there's a trailer out. I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but you've seen it, yeah. It meet it meet King Charles. It's just like how bizarre for those two to be like, oh my god, we bought this tiny little team, and now we're meeting the King of England. Yeah. Uh, so that comes out next month in September. I'm really looking forward to Welcome to Wrexham season two. Um, there's another one that I mentioned untold about Johnny Manziel. There's an untold coming about the University of Fo Florida football team called Swamp Kings. Ooh. Kind of at their peak, T Tim Tebow, uh, Urban Meyer, all those other players that the list goes on and on. I think that's going to be pretty good. Um, I'm hoping they don't cut out too much because there's a lot of insane stuff happening around that football team. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> Shorzy, which again, you I don't know if you've ever seen 
lot of people haven't probably even heard of Shorzy. Uh, have you seen Shorzy? Have you heard about Shorzy? Probably it, from me. It, it's a spinoff of Letterkenny, right? Yes. Okay. I've seen Letterkenny, but I haven't watched Shorzy yet. So another okay. one I have to check out. <laughs> yeah. So Letterkenny, again, I think someone got into my brain and said, we're going to write a show for you because it's about, you know, it's obscure Canadian references and farming and hockey, all these things that I'm like, yeah, I kind of know about all those things. So I love Letterkenny. Um, I think they're in season 10 or 11 now. I mean, some seasons are better than others, but one of the characters was this guy named Shorzy who you never saw his face. It was always like the back of his head talking. And he was just a, he just told you know, like basically told your mom jokes the whole time. Yeah. They announced it was going to be a spinoff. I'm like, this is going to be horrible. How can you make that character a spinoff? Cause it's like, I don't want to sit for 25 minutes and hear that guy just say bad things about someone's mom. But season one was really, really good. I mean, the character development was amazing and they've had just a great storyline. So when season two comes out, it uh, comes out next month. Actually, it comes out, I think, in two weeks in Canada, but not in the state until October. Sure. That's one of the ones that I'm going to sit down and like blow through them in one night because I'm really fired up for Shorzy. Um, again, if you like hockey and minor league hockey in Sudbury, Ontario, this is your show. If not, Ooh. maybe not. Um, okay there's, there's three how about me what are you what are you looking forward to well i think i have to expand my list now because you just named off three things that i want to watch that i wasn't even aware of that i wanted to watch so there you go let's just add that to the list um as far as shows though that i was thinking about i'm very excited for uh, speaking of, of another fx show fargo's coming back i think it's season four i think tell me more i love I the first know. three seasons and i i have no i i don't know a single thing about season four i don't know who's in it but all I know is the last three seasons have been incredible. Yeah. The cast doesn't matter, isn't it? It'll be great. Yeah, I'm just all in. The last one with, um, you know, with Chris Rock was amazing. So I, I mean, all I saw was uh, I think it's in September, maybe October. I just saw Fargo season four. And I'm like, done. That's all I need. That's all I need. Is, to it, is it season four? Is it four or five? Is it four? Let me look it up. I'm, this is great podcasting. Let me let me jump while, on. The- while you're doing that, um, my both of my kids were home. This is like two weeks ago, and it was kind of the last night they're going to be home before they went to college. So we're like, let's watch a movie, which we don't typically do as a family anymore. Um, so we're kind of you know going back and forth, like, what should we watch? And then I was like, let's watch Fargo, the actual movie. And they're like, okay, having her never heard a thing about it, and I'm like, what a great freaking movie this was and again my kids were like that was really good and it's so different from what they typically watch now with all the zoom in and marvel and like it's just great actors and great dialogue and that's all you need like you don't need anything else for a great movie and i think they were both like that was really good which is a compliment for my kids it is season five sorry to me to cut you off season five you're right yeah thank you for mentioning that so season five and you're right that movie god ages so well i mean yeah what they think of the wood chipper scene? Did they? Like, oh, did, were they just like, well, what is going on here? Like, yeah, I mean, and just just the way it's written. I mean, because like Frances McDermott, like she doesn't come into that movie for a long time. It's like, oh, I mean, minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes go by, and they're like, oh, there she is, finally, she's here. Um, yeah, Steve Buscemi, the whole all of it was great. Uh, but the but the Fargo series, I mean, think about all the amazing actors that have been in those first four seasons. Yeah. So who's and- going to be in five? Who knows? Well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it looks like it's John Hamm and Juno Temple. I uh, just quick Google. That's it. I was yep. as soon as I, I was just like, all right, this is going to be great. I don't, yep. I don't know what it's going to involve, but I'm all That'd in. Be good. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with Fargo. Uh, I'm also going to go with Jeopardy. I think season 40 is going to start back here pretty soon. My wife and I watch Jeopardy every day that it runs. If it's a new episode, we're going to watch it. Um, so really excited about that. Um, are you a of, fan of Are you a fan of Men and Blazers? The the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I've I'm I haven't listened to much. I know who they are, and I've like seen some of their content, but I haven't I haven't um, kept up with it enough to. But one of them is the producer of Jeopardy now. Oh, really? Yeah, Michael oh, Davies, which is crazy because, yeah. wow, like, like they're like he they they record and they release on Tuesdays, and since he's taken over as that, like that's his real job. But he he'll okay. he'll drop references to to Jeopardy almost every week, and it's pretty cool. Oh, nice little things here and there that he talks about. Um, yeah. Oh man, that's cool. Like I didn't know that connection was there, but that's I'm I think I'm gonna like Jeopardy even more now. Um. It's September. It's or it's August, almost September. So I'm I'm very excited about football, college, and pro. That to me is like my favorite TV show. I know it's not a, a, a TV show, but it's the one I'm like I gotta watch every episode for <laughs> every episode I can. So uh, I'm all in on that. And another piece of TV that just snuck up on me. We got election debate soon. I don't oh, even. Cool. I, I'm you know I mean, pretty progressive. Democrat leaning myself, but I will be watching every single one of those Republican debates for the TV. I think it's going to be it's like next week or it's like soon, right? It's two days from us recording. We're recording on a Monday. The first one's on Wednesday. Okay. Um, No Trump, but still, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing TV. It's going to be a beautiful disaster. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those are always, again, I remember when I was younger that like they were just so different and, and, just every, I mean, everything was different, obviously, but like the, the the presidential debates were so structured and so cordial compared to what they've become now. It's just sure. off the charts, <laughs> wild now. Um, like everything else, <laughs> or so sure. much of what we experience now. Um, yeah, you, college. You mean watching football? Like, uh, like it's let's say it's Saturday, and and you look at like what's coming on, and there's like six games that are like, man, I'd watch all these today. And it's just like yeah. your entire day, like deep into the night is, which scares me. But like the Pac-10 was always kind of like the last last game to watch what's yeah. going to happen. Those are going to be gone now. I Oh man, I used to love, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd wrap up your, your day. You're like, all right, I've been watching football from like 11 to 10 o'clock. Yeah. It's over, right? And you flip on ESPN two. You're like, wait, no, Washington State's playing Cal. And it's like, it's like eight o'clock there right now. Let's watch it. I'm all in. Why not? No, I'm I'm gonna I hope it doesn't uh hope it doesn't kill the uh the night games. I do I like the West Coast time night games. Mm-hmm. Um so kind of wrapping things up, but I have a few questions for you. You know, always ask a few of the same questions to my guests. One of those is I know we just talked about what you're excited about in the future, but what are you what are you currently watching or reading or listening to? Any concerts you've been to lately or you've uh, enjoyed? I know you're uh, you're a big concert guy as well. Yeah, I just went to Minneapolis to visit my friend Bob, and we went to see the National. Um, Ooh, yeah, which um, it was. I'm glad I went. Um, I mean, a lot of bands. Have, I, some bands I could see, you know, fifty times. And I'd be happy. The National, I, 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 I'm good. I saw them one time. I don't know that I need to see them again. Um, the venue was amazing. It was an old armory, like right downtown Minneapolis, called the Armory. But they they fixed it up in the inside. It was beautiful like the venue was like this is a great venue um the bands really they were a really tight band i mean great they've been playing together forever um and the crowd was very um supportive and very not not your typical wild crazy screaming kind of crowd there were a couple instances i mean if 
you know the band they're they're kind of a mellow they call it sad dad um singer's got a very deep voice but a couple songs where it was just him singing and the crowd was completely silent like not one person making a peep and that was very like that's powerful man you usually got some jackass yelling free bird none of that it was just very respectful of, of the band um so I like that. And uh, a little before that, I saw Noel Gallagher of Oasis fame oh, nice. here in Atlanta. Uh, I do love Noel Gallagher. I, he's, again, he's he's not the nicest person in the world, but man, he's got some great hits. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, so that's music-wise, that's what I have going on. I don't know if I have anything coming up on the horizon as far as concerts go. I need to change that. got to change um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, did you i'm sorry did you ask for music or, or what, what i'm reading and that kind of stuff oh too? yeah yeah what else are you what are you reading what are you watching i know you've uh you know you talked about shows you're excited about but what are uh what are you currently watching or what are you reading or anything at all you're excited about uh premier league football is back yes my i watched liverpool play the other day down 10 down to 10 men and somehow managed to, to pull it off so that was a lot yep. of fun so there's that. I mean, that's again, every weekend it's like, again, I mean, can watch every Premier League game and that blows my mind that I can do that from my couch, which is wild. And I love, um, I'm a Newcastle supporter and on prime video right now, they have a, the kind of behind the scenes of Newcastle from last season. Oh, nice. There's there. It was kind of weird because they, they put out five episodes, but I think three of them, they kind of pulled back. So, so I watched the first two episodes and again, I know how this plays out, and I know no, they're going to win this game, they're going to lose that game. But it is neat to see how teams like track down other players and basically just go buy them. And oh, we'll yeah. give you fifty million dollars for your best player, okay? And it's just unheard <laughs> of here, like in the NFL. Imagine if the New York Jets called the Chiefs and said, "We'll give you three hundred million dollars for Patrick Mahomes," and they're <laughs> like, "Okay, we'll do that." And it's, that's what's happening. And it's wild to see. Um, so Premier League football is great, you know. I love watching that. I mentioned what we do in the shadows. Um, really interesting ep episodes this year with the whole transformation of Guillermo and what's happening to him. Um, that I mean, other than that, that's kind of my TV stuff right now. I'm kind of in a little bit of a lull until the Wrexham Re comes out and Chorzy comes out. Sure. Uh, I'm, re I'm reading a book right now about um, a prison in Germany that uh, during World War II, um, it's called Prisoners of the Castle. And basically, like mostly British um, officers, when they were captured, they were sent to this castle kind of near Leipzig, and they lived there um, for years and just kind of what their prison life was like. And they were constantly trying to break out. Like, that's all they focused on was getting out of that prison. And some were successful and some weren't. It's, it's an, I mean, it's kind of a, not really a light read, but it's, it's as far as World War II books go, it's kind of a light read um, because many, of the stories are kind of funny and how they try to impersonate German officers and stuff like that. Um, uh, so that's what I'm reading and then listening. I've been listening a ton. Sinead O'Connor recently passed away right, and yeah. she was huge when I was, you know, in my sort of musical listening prime. So I remember the whole ripping up the picture of the Pope and the backlash. I remember all that vividly, but that album, um, you know, I do not want what I, what I um, haven't got is so damn good if you put that in the production the sound the quality the lyrics all of it the musicianship such a fantastic album um i think you know i think her her clearly her number one album of all time so i've been listening to that on repeat quite a bit Ooh. um 
and a lot of i mean a lot of the lyrics are very still timely this to this day about you know police and just way people are treated and stuff so um give that a go if you haven't listened to that in a while it's really really solid um yeah so that's kind of what i'm what i'm getting into uh books i want to talk about quickly i can mention um i read a book a couple months ago called the water will come by a, an author named jeff goodell I'm, i don't know if i talked about it last time um i think i probably did but you since were, then you're reading it last uh, time, so yeah so since then he came out with another one called the heat will kill you first is it the story of living in oklahoma well and everywhere else <laughs> and um, everywhere else yeah, yeah. So you, you read it you're like yeah this is this is kind of happening um focuses a lot on phoenix and how like the, the idea of phoenix like can we can people live there for long because like you know steel like steel's melting and you know roads are breaking and Literally. just over the top stuff and it's really i think a lot of people are realizing we might not be able to live in phoenix forever so what are we going to do um so that was I can't recommend those books enough. I wish we could make it required reading for everybody, but of course that's not the way things work in our currently charged political climate. Um, Unfortunately, I mean, I, I've suggested it to a couple of friends who are like, "Oh, that's all P and that's crap and that's all made up," and I'm like, "Okay, fine." Um, so that's where we are. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm what I have going on uh, as far as reading and listening and that kind of stuff. Well, I was I was just adding a couple of your book recommendations to my my read list, so I, I'm definitely going to have to check out the uh, the the Prisoners of the Castle and probably both the Heat and Water books as as well. So yeah. I want to I want to circle back. You mentioned we're both watching Shadows. You were the one who who got me into watching what we do in the Shadows. Like my wife and I are rewatching it right now. Like <laughs> it's it's so good. Like we're and it's a, it's a quick show. Like it's not like you know the episodes are 25, 30 minutes. They're hilarious. No. You can get don't have to think. You just sit yeah. and laugh. Yeah. yeah. So kind of thinking about that, um, I want to do a, just a quick related questions to shadows before we get out of here. Right. You know, I love this show just because it's like, it's just so hilarious trying to think of vampires plus, you know, their familiars all living together. And so <laughs> I've had, I, you know, watching the show reminds me of like roommates and things that I've had over the years, some better than others, some worse than others, just experiences you've had, um, you know, if you were I'm trying to think how to put this, but like if you were to kind of pick and choose from that cast of like who would be the maybe the best roommate to have versus the worst. Oh, how, how are you? Where are you going with that? Like because they all they each do certain things that I feel like would drive you insane. As a, Oh, as, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what? boy. Does Guillermo count? Can we count him? I think so. And that may be, okay. maybe he's number one just because he would, things would yes. be kind of normal. He <laughs> is, he's clearly my number one. If I had a room with any of those characters, it would be him. Like without, he would be one and there'd be a big gap to number two because Guillermo's yeah. a good person. Like he's a right. generally nice, good person. After that, it gets pretty tough. I can tell you who my last is, Colin Robinson. Because <laughs> he is an energy vampire who just wants to drain my energy and we all have energy vampires in our lives. We do. And you yeah. have them in your life. And and you, so since this show, like the people who are my energy vampires who drain me of energy, all I think about when I see them is Colin Robinson. And I say in my head, I don't say it out loud. They're giving me the Colin Robinson treatment right, right now. Um, so he's last. He has to be last. I don't want to live with Colin Robinson ever. Oh. Um, so my number two, I'd probably go with Laszlo. Cause. Oh, interesting. He, just his 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 accent, the way he says New York City, <laughs> I would just be like, dude, say that again. So yeah. he 
and he seems, you know, kind of a, a somewhat intelligent being um, compared to he's a man compared of to Nandor. Um, so Nandor would probably be number three, and number four would probably have to be Naja. Um, when she gets that doll out, that doll's creepy, man. Like I, I don't want to be living with that damn talkative doll. It would drive me crazy. <laughs> um, so there's my ranking. How about, I, what like do you I would, I would, I would probably flip Nandor and Laszlo around because mm -hmm. I love that Nandor is obsessed with the Dream Team. Uh, yes. So I feel like we could watch sports together. I feel like we would get along really well watching oh. sports. And and Laszlo, I mean, hey, you know, if I had anything I needed to fix or solve, I've got like a scientist, engineer, yep. genius on hand, ready to singer. Like, yeah, singer, writer. Yeah, uh, I've got normal human bartender Jackie Daytona on standby, just <laughs> like ready to go. I mean, <laughs> how hard did you laugh when that came up? His name. I mean, that that was hilarious and then the fact that he got so heavily involved in like women's volleyball like <laughs> high school volleyball you're like wow <laughs> yeah where'd that come from how about this season when uh when when nasha has her fake name her fake name is sally rhubarb oh my god these fake names oh my gosh uh and nandor oh. trying to pick up people like he's like at the gym trying to make friends with that guy <laughs> it's, just, it's just so ridiculous this show yep. and like you said, it it might be at its peak funniness now. And I'm like, yeah. it's season five. Like some shows just fall off, you know, their momentum. Oh, yeah. This show is just like, it's still going. Picking up steam. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and I'm, you know, I think our first episode we recorded together, you were like, hey, you need to watch what we do in the shadows. And I, and I kept putting it off, not because I didn't want to watch it, mostly because I just like, oh my God, there's so much good stuff to watch. I don't yeah. have the time. I finally made the time and I'm like, oh, thank God. This show is amazing. It just is nuts. Amazing. Yeah. It's nuts. And again, yeah. the, the occasional guest stars where you're like, oh, that dude, like, look yeah. who's, man. And then they're just gone. Like, yeah. I love that they got Wesley Snipes to pop in on Zoom uh, because he was Blade. And they're like, yep. he's a vampire hunter, but he's half vampire. Like, oh, this is great. And then in this season, Guillermo at one point asked, I think, no. Laszlo, am I like Blade? And he's like, no, just no. shut him down. <laughs> oh, yes, and no. the fact that he he still calls him Gizmo, he doesn't know his real name. Yeah, not not once has uh has he yeah. called him Guillermo. No, um, so yeah, I'm Thursday night man. I look forward to Thursday night at ten o'clock where I live and get to watch that. Same, yeah, we watch it. We watch it pretty much live. I think we wait like ten minutes after it starts, so I can kind of fast forward through some of the yep. commercials a little bit. But then we, That's yeah, we do too. Indeed, yeah. So there you go. That's uh, that, we've covered some some solid ground here, and yeah, and maybe yeah. when you get to do your next one hundred, if you want to do one on what we do in the shadows, I am all in. Oh yeah, we got to do like an all. Yeah, maybe by then we'll have like a full fifth season and maybe even a sixth season under our belt. Yep. So I'm I'm ready when you are. Heck yeah! All right. Uh, before I get you out, before I get you out of your mic, got a quick question uh, about your bills. You got a quick prediction for them. I actually got a question specifically. Do you think it's more likely that they make the Super Bowl or miss the playoffs? Miss the playoffs. Oh no! Yeah. Um, not feeling very confident about the bills right now. Um. For a lot of reasons, mainly the the offensive line. Um, yeah. Preseason game guy broke his leg. They're pretty thin to begin with. 
I'm just not feeling confident. Last year, I couldn't have been more confident. I mean, it was like they're going, they're going to win the Super Bowl. This is it. But and the crazy, the, the, like everyone around them, except for the Patriots, like the Jets are way better. The Dolphins are way better. So you got those two game, four games, and then their their schedule is brutal. Like they have a brutal, brutal schedule, which happens when you get good. And ultimately, you've got Patrick Mahomes and and Joe Burrow. It's like, how how are we going to get past those guys? Um, hope I'm wrong. Um, I'll be surprised if they if they make a deep run, but uh, I'm not feeling confident right now. Oh, well, yeah. I'd like I I you know I'm 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 doing an NFL podcast here pretty soon, probably in the next week or so, and I'll probably give out my prediction. But I really want to predict the Bills to make the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm oh. not 100 there, but I'm I'm kind of leaning towards. I think I want to I'm going to put the Bills in because. I hope you're right, man. One of these years, it's got to be their year. And Josh Allen, like the dude played with like one arm basically and was still pretty freaking good last year. He's amazing. He's great. I mean, greatest player football. I think the greatest quarterback ever, including Jim Kelly. I think he's better than Jim Kelly was. And and he's he's a good guy. Like he's a good dude who likes the city of Buffalo, which isn't easy for everyone because it's a pretty small city in the middle of nowhere. Um but he's just a good person. It's like, how do you not root for that guy? Right. And um, so I hope, I mean, I mean, if they win that, I'm my life's complete, brother. You're going to find me <laughs> at Super Bowl parade with my shirt off in January or February. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. You got, you got to make the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, trek up to Buffalo. You got to do like one of the, the, the shirtless in the cold snow. hundred oh, percent. Not a problem. I mean, my, my friends, we've all, we've had this, I mean, we've, I've been planning this for 50, plus years so there you go I'm, I'm ready um we all are and the city's gonna just burn to the ground i mean it's gonna be nuts <laughs> yeah there you go well i'll be if, if if my seahawks can't make it i'll be rooting for your bills the whole way right. so. i'll send you live pictures from from the event when it happens nice nice all uh, right last thing before you go anything you want to plug podcast books anything anything uh you want to plug for uh well the uh third cat book the earl and starlet go to the federal reserve bank is out and um that it's it's been of the three books we put out i think it's the it's the best one because the 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 artist is is really stepping up her game uh it was fun it's about you know that the the cats visit the federal reserve bank of Atlanta and they go and they learn about money and the money museum there which is kind of cool and then we're we're in the early early stages of writing a fourth book. The Earl and Starlet are going to go to outer space and learn about the space program. Um, that'll be out uh, spring of twenty twenty four. Nice. Okay. Long, long way off, but uh, it'll be here before we know it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So excellent. I'll make sure to throw some links in the show notes. People can find that if they want to check out your books. Uh, this is going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you again. To Mike Raymer, Mr. Six-Timer uh, of Knowledge Brew Supreme for joining me today. Uh, we'll figure out a way to get you back on for the seventh episode. Maybe it'll be shadows. Who knows what it'll be? We'll probably find something uh, something fun to talk about. So uh, this makes episode 85 of Knowledge Brew Supreme. My goal is to get to 100 episodes. That means I'm only 15 away. Slowly but surely. Yeah, I got this. Getting, We're going to get there. Uh, thank you for joining me today. <clears throat> thank you for listening. Please share, subscribe. Be good, be safe, and peace out.